Welcome to the 5 o'clock show. It's time for Common Sense. Now, it's Cats and Cosby with John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby, standing for truth, justice, and the American way, bringing common sense to the world. Now, here's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. Well, we're back. It's Wednesday. We're halfway through the week already, and we have one great show for you again today. I mean, so many, so much news. And in the studio with us, we have Judge Richard Weinberg, we have Congressman Peter King, and Rita Cosby on my side here. And uh, I'm telling you, Rita, there's so much news, I don't know where to start anymore. Well, the big question is, whose cocaine is it? I mean, that's I, the I question know everybody wants gonna to talk know. About. I want to know who Ben and Jerry says we've got to give the Indians back their land. Yeah, they want the, Mount Rushmore. I mean, no, but the India, do we? does that mean we have to give them back Manhattan? Yeah, we got to find out. Why don't you give them Vermont where their ice cream factory is? Yeah, they actually want want Mount Rushmore actually returned. I mean, these people are so... What about just focusing on ice cream? I just said, just make ice cream and shut up. Make good ice cream and shut up. Although I like Cherry Garcia. That's a pretty good flavor. Not anymore. Not anymore. I I have a one-person boycott of Ben and Jerry's. And by the way, their ice cream is not that good. Let the record be clear. Well, and this isn't the first time. Well, the truth is, the best ice cream I've ever had... Uh, since 1984, when they put it on the market, uh, Hagen does. Yeah, I do like Hagen does. But, but, but John, they also remember when after I, I all the BDS know what Peter stuff. King, what kind of ice cream he eats? Actually, I used to like Briars. I, I'm, I'm good Briars. for anything. Briars. Briars. Oh. Briars vanilla, the natural vanilla. Oh, oh my God. But the yeah. Jerry. Peter, that's not snobby enough. Yeah, come on. That's not creative. <laughs> I, mean, I understand enough. we're trying to find Rudy because he wa- he's mad as heck about. Uh, about uh, Ben and, and Jerry's. Jerry's. Those two and guys, then, it's and ridiculous. And then we got Curtis ridiculous. coming on soon. Yeah, Curtis, and is, Curtis is, oh, is... What is he going to talk about? He is going to talk about... I can't believe this, John. The biggest teachers union in the United States is telling teachers this book on, like, queer sexu- sexuality should be required reading for the summer. Are that you kidding be, me? You're not, you're not telling me Randy Weigand is doing that? No. NEA. The NEA. They're What's saying... The, uh, the National Education... Education Exactly. And who's that represent? Well, Randy. Randy's head of it. Yeah. Of oh my. God. I know. Telling teachers this is. I mean, come on. Required could reading we, during could the we summer. Do something really basic, like teach them how to read, write, do arithmetic. Judge, don't go overboard now. Okay? I'm sorry. Now, yeah, I understand. Uh, Peter King, you were listening to Bernie and Sid show this morning. Bernie and Sid, my God. Yeah, Sid Bernie. and Friends I show. Love. I hope you learned Bernie and Sid today. And um, he had uh, Bill White Bill from White. the Intrepid on. He used to be with the Intrepid originally, <laughs> and now he's uh, he was mad as heck. Yeah, Bill Bill White is gay. He's a, a gay rights advocate, but he was basically saying the gay rights movement has created more problems for more people. It's gone far astray. It has nothing to do with the issue of gay rights. They've gone off in so many different directions. They've almost become a character for themselves. I thought he was a Is it the gay rights movement, Peter, or is it the transgender movement? Well, they've, they've attached themselves to that. Okay. No, the, the gay people yeah. are the gay people. They, 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 they are what they are. They've always been. But all this new LGBTQ, and, I mean, see. No, no, but, but what about the fact that, listen, what, what upsets me most of all, I have to tell everyone, yeah. is 
that they're denying parents the knowledge to help their right. kids make a decision, and these kids are too young well, to we're have, gonna have Bill surgeries. White is going to come on. Yeah, I love that. Because what Bill White basically said is the movement has been hijacked by a lot of groups which well, have nothing about, to do with gay rights. How about the parade now, in New York, John? That was like, we're here, we're queer, we're coming for your kids. I mean, that kind of stuff, that's what Bill White doesn't like to see. Yeah, he said it's, it's really hijacked the movement. And he was He's a very distinguished guy, very articulate Made his point, but he did not want. He thinks the gay rights movement has unfortunately been hijacked. That's my word. Is hijacked. Well, we got a, we got a great show for you today, and yeah, we do. We start with, we start with uh, the great Greg Jarrett, Fox News legal analyst. He's also the author of a great new book called Trial of the Century. Greg, uh, I just have to ask, whose line is it? Uh, whose whose cocaine is it at the White House? I don't, you know, I don't know. And listen, I I saw with amusement over the weekend people pinning the finger of blame on Hunter Biden. And I'm no Hunter Biden defender. I've been very outspoken about his influence peddling schemes and the protection racket that allowed him a sweetheart deal. Uh, so but I would caution against people to jump to precipitous immediate conclusions allow the Secret Service to do their investigation. It was in a baggie, so there should be fingerprints on the baggie. Moreover, it was in an area uh, where there are guests and tourists. Anybody could have uh, dropped it or stashed it there. Uh, so, you know, I, I I don't want to point the finger of blame at anybody just yet. Yeah, absolutely. And by the way, there should be videotape, too. I mean, you know, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, the question is, Greg, and it sort of fits this whole mode of sort of this, you know, they had the, the transgender people that were topless and taking their tops off um, in front of like the, I think it was the Lincoln bust, uh, showing their bust in front of the Lincoln bust. Um, and then you got the cocaine. It's like, it's just sort of this uh, White House run amok, if you will. And it comes at a time. Um, totally separately where we're seeing, you know, Hunter Biden is like all over the place. He was there last night during the fireworks on the portico. Yeah, it's kind of odd. You know, here's a guy who has pled guilty to crimes. Uh, allegedly, the investigation continues as it should. Congress making headway and exposing other crimes, which I've identified uh, endlessly. Um, and yet the president wants to parade him around, uh, sort of rubbing uh, our noses in his ability to run a protection racket, not just for himself, but for his son with preferential treatment and, you know, partisan favoritism. And, you know, I find it all to be very unseemly. Um, you know, at the same time, the president, oh, I love my son. I have great confidence in my son. You mean the guy who pled guilty to a bunch of crimes? Uh, so, you know, it's classic Biden. Greg, it's Richard Weinberg. What I'm troubled by is this, that the mainstream media is trying to say it's all about the love of a father for his son. No, that's not what it's about. It's a f fact that there's an irresponsible kid who did bad acts. We don't know the whole story. We do know that the, uh, the Delaware investigation was a, was a sham that they didn't do everything they had to do. It took them five years to come up with a couple of frivolous charges. There's a whole, as you've pointed out on radio and television, the fact is there are a whole bunch of charges that weren't touched, and they're trying to say, well, there was full cooperation between uh, the Attorney General and the Department of Justice and the local U.S. attorneys, and the facts seem to belie that. What do you say? Oh, I, I agree with you, Richard, and in fact, um, 
On Friday, uh, just before the long holiday uh, weekend, the U.S. Attorney David Weiss, who's been presiding over this uh, faux investigation, finally contradicted his earlier statement of Congress by admitting that his charging authority was limited to Delaware. Uh, You know, he's trying to weasel out of it by parsing words and employing hypotheticals, uh, a, a bit too clever by half. But in his letter, you know, he makes it abundantly clear that the whistleblowers are telling the truth. Two Biden appointed U.S. attorneys blocked bringing felony charges against Hunter in California and Washington. And Merrick Garland refused to give Weiss the proper authority that he needed. Uh, But at the same time, Weiss is trying to have it both ways. He's refusing to testify or answer any questions demanded by congressional committees. So he is obstructing the Garland-Biden obstructing, and that means uh, covering up the cover-up. Well, it seems to me that Weiss is in a pickle because he doesn't want to be the guy responsible for perjury charges being placed against the Attorney General of the United States. And that's what he's trying to back away from. Yeah. And, and, you know, misleading Congress with false statements himself. You know, look, uh, pundits are, are very happy to always, oh, well, Weiss was appointed by Donald Trump. Well, not really. He was actually first appointed by Barack Obama as acting U.S. attorney. And only under pressure from the two Democratic senators did Trump capitulate and name him U.S. attorney. So, you know, look, this is Delaware. There's no such thing as justice in Delaware. Uh, It's all Democrat run from the federal judges there to the U.S. attorneys. Greg, this is Pete King. Where do you see this going? I mean, if if they keep stonewalling, can Congress, and I I was in Congress all those years, they can even, you know, go to impeaching or hold them in in contempt. But uh, in the end, even uh, uh, Eric uh, uh, Holden, he was held in contempt and meant nothing. To me, it's just a political issue, which we have to make the most out of. This is a legitimate political issue to let the American people know how the Justice Department has been uh, hijacked. Yeah, I think you're right, Peter. Uh, I mean, and the last refuge for justice, it seems to me, is the House Oversight and Judiciary Committees. They can't prosecute, of course. But what they can do, which is oh so important, is to expose the corruption at the FBI and the Department of Justice and Merrick Garland, David Weiss's U.S. Attorney Office. And that's, uh, you know, that's important in a democracy because ultimately if the American public are persuaded by that exposure, they'll move for change at the ballot box. Yeah, boy, uh, what a mess it is. I just hope we get to the bottom of it, uh, Greg, because the American public deserves to know the truth. It is just, it it stinks. Um Greg, thank you very much. And again, the book is The Trial of the Century. Greg Jarrett, we love you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Great talking to you. You too. Now, in the studio, we got uh, Curtis Sliwa. Curtis, what are you mad about? Oh, this book, Gender Queer. And... <laughs> Have you read it? <laughs> now, who, now, let's get it straight. Who is making the kids read it? Well, wait. It started out a book for adults, and it started out a book for teenagers like 16 plus, which is okay. But now they're pushing it down into the junior high schools and the elementary schools. And when they're criticized because so many of the scenes are graphic, I hate to tell you this, John, they hide behind ancient Greek pottery. It sometimes shows men touching the pee-pee of young boys. 
And they say Uh-oh. it's a part of our history. Wait, are you blaming it on the Greeks, Curtis? Is that what you're doing? I just <laughs> saying what they I'm, trying, saying. I'm trying to figure this is there, out. Is there a, is there a Greek American Anti Defamation League? Yeah, uh, John is going to leave. You got to leave one. Yeah, you got to leave the charge against this. And they show the pottery of uh, ancient civilization. But the point being is, it started out correctly for adults, young adults. Okay. Someone's confused about their gender identification, their sexuality, about the age of 16, 17. They can explore. But now they're pushing it right into the elementary school. And as you mentioned, reading your introduction at the start, they want it to be mandatory for kids to read over the summer. Uh, Who is they? Uh, The National Association, excuse me, Educational Alliance. Right. Right, they the unions, the teacher unions want this. Which is the biggest in the country. And they're talking about, well, well it'll teach children gender eu- euphoria, gender dysphoria, asexuality. Now, I'm for that. I got to tell you. Wait, why are you for asexuality? Because if less kids would be having sex, we wouldn't have all the problems that we have with unwanted children. I don't think a book called Gender Queer is going to be like asexuality. No, no, but there is a paragraph in there that I can support. I'm sure, Peter King, you could support that. Having gone to Brooklyn Prep, the Jesuits said, keep your rocket in your pocket. Uh, Do not go out and have sex with young ladies until you're married. Am let, I right or wrong? Is that, yeah, what, let, is let that rec- what you lived by, no, <laughs> Peter? <laughs> let the record show again. Uh, Curtis and I went to the exact same high school. I graduated. He didn't. So that's <laughs> By the way, we knew that. We could tell that just looking at Curtis. We could tell he that. was busy at the Brooklyn Museum looking at the pottery. <laughs> yeah, the Greek pottery. <laughs> but this is, uh, there's so many terms, as you mentioned, John, and now describing people that you get alphabetic vertigo. You, you know, they've added so many uh, alphabet letters oh, to Bill, LGBTQ+. Bill White was plus. talking about it this morning uh, with uh, Sid. Yeah, it's an alphabet soup. And they keep adding letters. Right. And even gays like uh, Bill White, who's a great guy, who was head of the Intrepid, openly gay. He even feels it's confusing and it's it, over the it, top. You know, gay and what lesbian. What does the L stand for? I mean, just something about lying? No, no. I lesbian, right? Gay. I, I, I can't. Tony He's going to write if you want to identify with an animal, I think. That's what you're talking about. Yeah, something <laughs> identifying with an animal. Yeah. But it's simple. They struggled so long to get the right, right. to have gay marriage. When, in fact, the great liberals, Barack Obama, Michelle Obama, Schumer, and everyone was saying, defense of the Marriage Act, Hillary and uh, Bill Clinton. Signed by by Bill Clinton. Right. And then they were able to win the right to get married. Before that, they would say, just be happy with domestic partnership. Don't rock the boat. Well, guess what? Curtis Leewood did the very first gay marriage. I uh, uh, officiated the very first gay marriage in New York City, in the Bronx, in Soundview, in the projects. In the very project that Bernard McGurk was born and raised in, the Monroe Housing Projects. That wasn't one of your marriages, though. No. It doesn't come no, no, to it, one it, of your it, own marriages. Let okay. me tell you something. Uh, <laughs> I'm an expert on that. I'm a serial marrier. That's for sure. <laughs> so you know about weddings. Oh, I know about weddings. <laughs> Who's been married more times, Joe Piscopal or Curtis Lee? My bet's on Curtis. Yeah, no, I think I have. Yeah, I think so. I think I have. I, in fact, Curtis and I remember one time, and this is so bad, John, true story, and you know this, Curtis. We were sitting next to each other, and Curtis is like, I can't remember. I said, your wife's name was. That's right. I told you. I had to tell you what one of your wife's Which one? Is it two, three, four, five? <laughs> and then all of them, they have a different story. I'm not like, remember, Larry King married seven times. It, the woman looked exactly the same way. You know, married one of them twice. Right. Married one of them twice. Same way. 
me, they've all been different. And the moment I've divorced them, they've come at me with a passion. It's like, forget about it. It's, it's over. That's why this one's to keep it, Nancy. By the way, Nancy's <laughs> birthday is today. Oh, happy, happy birthday. We'll be celebrating happy it birthday. tonight. Happy birthday, Nancy. Are you going to give her a book for her birthday? No, no, no. <laughs> not, not that book. Not no, that you're book. advising Kevin Costa on his divorce. Uh, well, Kevin has a lot of money there. Hopefully he had a prenup. Because so do you, don't you? Well, I have no money. Curtis couldn't afford the lawyer to get the prenup. Yes, people line up. Her, people right. line up and they want to sue yeah, me. All the money you saved on clothes over the years, right. wearing and that they, red jacket around. Exactly. But they say to me, you know, I wanted to sue you, but I did a, a check on your your financial status. You don't have any money. Well, that's good. It makes I it say, easy for you. Go ahead, knock you. yourself out. Go ahead. By the way, uh, Kevin Costner's wife is seeking two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a month for child support. Madonna, my! <laughs> well, she's taking her kids to Paris every day she for said lunch. They have to live up to the same standards that she did when they were together. Oh, that's boy. her. That's her oh, plan. Boy. This is why I believe in once is more than enough. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm so sure, does Bill I'm de Blasio sure and Charlene McRae. Oh, tell us what you know about that. Yeah, that's an interesting well, one. Well, I think they're doing this for two reasons. Because if you know Bill de Blasio, whether you like him or you don't, he's always very calculating in everything he did. Remember, now, change, they're separating, right? right? No, but they're not separating, divorcing. not divorcing, and they're going to continue to live in the same house that they own. They own two homes on 11th Street and 7th Avenue. But date other Slope. people, right? Was sort date of other message. people. Now... There are a number of lawsuits that have been filed against Bill de Blasio for all kinds of reasons. In fact, uh, Danielle, Sid Rosenberg's wife, her law firm is involved in one of them. Oh, that's interesting. Yes, yeah, so defending de Blasio. if they remain married, from what I understand of family law, the wife cannot be forced to testify against the husband right, or vice versa. Right, right. But if all of a sudden it's over... Then all of a sudden, it can be a compelling reason to get either one or the other to testify. So you against. make it sound like there's maybe some legal reason oh, as the, opposed to looking the, the for Blasios, love. There's always a reason. Trust me. There's always this woman uh, admitted she wrote articles at one time. She was a hardcore lesbian, lived on a lesbian commune in Massachusetts, said she met Bill de Blasio in the basement of City Hall when Bill Lynch, his campaign manager, became the deputy mayor. And she met Bill de Blasio, who was hired by the mayor. And that they instantly fell in love. Now, guys always like to believe that you can somehow convert a lesbian. So, hey, Bill, yeah, right on, Bill. And nobody thought anything about it. They had two lovely children. I really believe that that great advertisement of Bill de Blasio with his son, biracial son Dante, put him over the top. It was really well done. You could see the love between Bill de Blasio and Dante it was genuine. And I think that was the margin of difference. That was the same year. Uh, that our own John Katzmatidis was running for mayor in 2013. But I think that ad was so compelling to both men and women. They looked at it and said, wow, that guy really loves his son, and that son really loves him. It was. It was very effective. Very effective. So who's more eligible? Uh, what, what do you think, Curtis, well, your assessment? who all of a sudden <laughs> told the reporter, you can give my number out, that was Charlene McRae. Oh, okay. Well, I will warn them. The only number they could give out is, where is the one and a half billion dollars from that tribe program? Because that's what we're all hunting for. Curtis, you're getting slow. Curtis, I was waiting you. for you to mention that earlier. <laughs> Curtis, thank you. And, uh, oh, my God. What else could happen in our city, our state, our country? Oh. We summed it all up here, John, with Curtis. I just went away. John, get ready. You're too old-fashioned. You're a fuddy-dud, John. It's the new era. It's the great pottery. You know, you know what this is? This, this is the story. This is the minute. 
This is Curtis Lee was page six. John, <laughs> John, in the future, can you give me a warning if Curtis is going to be yes, here? I mean, this is more than we can all handle, you know? Curtis, thank you, and uh, we'll catch up again soon. Well, I'll be on tomorrow, 705 with Sid. We'll talk more about this, the legal ramifications of why maybe Bill and Charlene are coming out now publicly and saying they're going to live together, but they're going to date separately. Very, very much. It maybe they'll like go love. on a, a double date, you think? That's right. Let's go. We're going to take a break now, and uh, we're going to take a break, and we're going to come back with... Yep, we've got Tony Schaefer coming up. Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaefer talking about Biden saying, isn't it great the Taliban's helping America? Really? Are you kidding me? A scathing report showing what a dismal withdrawal we did from Afghanistan. A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katz and Rita Cosby. Katz and Cosby on 77 WABC. And we are back here on Katz and Cosby. Well, what a surprise. Uh, it's like Friday afternoon, right before the holidays, and they released this scathing report of what a terrible, disastrous withdrawal the Biden administration did from Afghanistan, a State Department report. And now uh, President Biden actually said the Taliban is helping the U.S. Isn't that great? Nobody believes it. Let's go to Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaefer, who's here on the show, a retired U.S. Army Lieutenant Colonel, also president of the London Center for Policy Research. Uh, Tony, this is just when he said it, I couldn't believe it. He was like defending like like he sounded like he was working for the Taliban. I mean, it was so crazy. So it's crazy, Rita, because he's on record being confronted the right before the, the fall of Afghanistan with a question from the media. That indications are the media said that that with our withdrawal, Afghanistan will collapse. And it's like, oh, he denied it. And so he didn't say, oh, no, we're not worried about it because the Taliban's on our side. So. You know, the fact that he says this and then, of course, uh, I I did not know. And I'm glad he told me I had no idea that Putin, his invasion of uh, Iraq is not going well. So uh, that's news, too. So, (laughs) yeah, that was news. And and by the way, for for the record, too, um, he didn't correct himself. I mean, that's the scary thing. When he when he came out, he said it and it was like uh, like it was normal. Like someone had to tell him, guess what? Putin's not at war with Iraq. It's it's Ukraine. So I think we all. I'm sorry, go ahead. This is Pete King. You know, you're an expert on analyzing people. Do you think Joe Biden is just saying this for political reasons, or does he really believe it by now? Is he able to live in his own reality? I think he's living in his own reality, Pete. I mean, look, you and I dealt with some really hard issues, very complicated issues. You know and I know that you, you and I, if you and I walked in and said, look, Mr. President, these are the five things we have to face and make a decision on, he couldn't get past asking us, what a nice tie we're wearing, and why? Why are you wearing that color? I mean, I don't. I don't think he's able to do much more than that at this point. Yeah, sad but, but then, true. Yeah, yeah. And then, and the question then becomes, who does make the decision? So, this is what we have to face. And then, back to the report, though, we could talk about that all day, Pete. But the report itself lies tremendously. One of the things it says is that there is no military support. The, the fact is, the military was the only thing keeping things together. If it wasn't for the military, there would have been no. Uh, semi-focused ability to get people out of there. And they they said there was no intelligence indicating that Afghanistan was going to fall. Again, a complete lie. We uh, I know friends in the intelligence community who were telling them that we're going to do it. Then they said, oh, the, you know, the, the actual pulling people out was was great because we had 2,000 people, and but that's all we could do. Uh, they were standing, They the administration, the State Department, were standing in a way of private volunteer organizations going in, some of which I supported, and I think you all did too, 
trying to get additional Americans and green card folks out. So the whole thing's a fabrication. It's all meant to essentially push the buck to someone else. And ultimately, that's why they dumped it on a long weekend right before the 4th of July. And Tony, it's it's Richard Weinberg. I want to ask you this. Is it still correct that there's still Americans back there and some of our supporters and allies still back there that cannot get out? Right. So there are indications there's still people with green cards. I think most citizens are out, but those who supported us who were promised a path out are still trying to get out. There's a series, and I don't want to get anybody in trouble or organizations uh, in trouble that are doing this. There's a series of safe houses that have been set up in Pakistan and Uzbekistan where they're quietly trying to bring people out who are are literally on Taliban death lists. And this is the other sad thing, Richard. Uh, These organizations are doing it kind of on private funding. The State Department will not support them because, to your point, the Biden administration doesn't want to admit they left anybody who had the legal right to come here behind, and they did. And that's one of the things that obviously they didn't even talk about in the report. You know, uh, to me, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaefer, it's one of the most shameful periods, I think, in uh, American military history that right. we just left, you know, our allies, uh, many, as you mentioned, with the green cards that are still there in country, high and dry. Um, and then the 13 U.S. service members that were killed at the Abbey Gate by the, you right. know, suicide. And and we left $85 billion worth of equipment. I, and it never made any sense to me. We gave up Bagram. We gave up. It left $85 billion in, in the Taliban's hands. And the Taliban now are like, again, going back to um, cutting off education, um, any sort of rights for women, especially right. in the country. It's it's abominable. It's like the Stone Age. And that's what we left them in. And we have a president who is saying, oh, everything's basically great. We basically and, did a good job. And the other, the other thing is it sent a signal to the world that we were weak, we wouldn't support our allies, and it gave a green light, don't you think, Tony, to Putin and other aggressors in China? Absolutely. And and we should talk about in more detail the, the Chinese uh, conundrum right now, because that's what we're faced with. China is definitely going to expand. They see the weakness displayed by Biden in this case as a green light to do other things, and they're doing other things. I mean, there's nobody holding them back. And the, 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 the country which is actually reaching out with China's permission to kind of embrace the Taliban are the Russians. The Russians, uh, Putin has authorized an outreach to the, the Afghans to join the BRICS uh, with, with the Chinese. So the very fact that we left the fourth largest military on the ground, that the Taliban is selling off to our enemies and now going to join literally the the, uh, the other side is indicative of how bad a decision Biden made. Yeah, it is amazing. It is mind-boggling. It mind-boggling. is absolutely mind-boggling. It's shameful. Uh, and some of this equipment is going to be used to kill Americans someday. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, they probably sold it. In fact, there are reports, they John, that they've it. sold it right to the Chinese, right, and yes. all these other. It's, it is. Yeah, I mean, imagine where it's ending up. $85 billion. They it's, could have easily put it on like a so C-130. Move it over. So the Chinese move it to the Russians, who then use it against the Ukrainians. Unbelievable. Right. No. And that's, that's just the firepower itself, the technology with it. Let's right. let's take a break, and uh, we're going to be coming back. Uh, we got Dr. Mark Dr. Siegel. Dr. Mark Siegel, thank you so much. Uh, coming Tony. up, he, yep. And and, be sure and uh, judge. Can you set me up with uh, with the Plazio's wife for a date? Uh, do you uh, have whatever whatever you need, Tony. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you're listening. I'm glad yeah, got, we got an avid listener there. Great. I found a purpose for the judge. <laughs> <laughs> let's take that break, and we're going to come back with Dr. Mark Siegel.
Handling legal matters is stressful. So, let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. You're commuting home with Katz and Cosby. Now, here's John Katz and Matidis and Rita Cosby on 77 WABC. Here we go. And welcome back to Katz and Cosby. Everybody talking about the air quality and a lot more. And joining us now is Dr. Mark Siegel, who's going to be coming us in a moment. And also, by the way, the other thing, too, I can't wait to ask the doctor about is also vaccines. There was a big story that was coming out about the vaccines that basically the old vaccines uh, aren't working. And I can't wait, John. By the way, also, we have uh, Kimberly Strassel coming up on the show and she's going to be talking about the judge's decision. Uh, Judge Weinberg, this is interesting dealing with the vaccines and other stuff. And it's the whole tech the whole suppression and censorship of information between the White House and governmental agencies and uh, media. Yeah, so this is interesting because it may have been that the Biden administration actually violated First Amendment rights. This no, is no a huge no decision, really big. Uh, well, let's go to Dr. Mark Siegel, who's joining us now here on Cats and Cosby. Uh, Dr. Siegel, let's walk through. Uh, first, can you tell us about the sort of this efficacy of these old vaccines how they're basically saying you shouldn't use the old ones because uh, everyone's so confused. They shouldn't be confused. When they came out with the bivalent shot, you're talking about COVID. When when they when they came out with the bivalent shot, they uh, they switched off of the original. Anyway, what happens is think of it like a flu shot. We're not using last year's flu shot. We don't even. It might actually work a little, but we don't use it. So as you upgrade a vaccine to make it in keeping with where the virus goes, you change the formulation. And that formulation is supposedly more effective against the new strains. That's all. And that's what this is. So you're not going to use an old version. The problem is, though, that a lot of these vaccines had to be thrown out because people didn't want them or because they overbought. That's a totally different issue. Okay, so doctor, it's Richard Weinberg. So in other words, they're not saying that the original vaccine was defective anyway. They're just saying that there was a change of uh, a circumstance, that's all. As a matter of fact, Judge, and to be totally fair to the situation, if if I used the old vaccine right now and it wasn't expired because they expire, right? But let's say I use the early formulation. It would still have some effect against these strains. It does. It's just probably not as good as 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 tinkering with the vaccine to make it exactly what the, the new variant looks like, subvariant looks like. That's all. The new one that's coming out in September is matching the XBB. Doctor, this is Pete King. you have any recommendations to make as to who should uh, line up for that vaccine? The new one. Well, you know, I mean, the you, last time you know, I asked you this, you told me I should do it because I'm old and fat. I'm still trying to recover <laughs> from that, you know. <laughs> that's right. You're not, you're not old or fat. Actually, <laughs> I told you to run for Congress again. I said your seat is waiting for you. Well, you we I, needed, we needed Pete King back. Okay. I mean, I, I, I'm hardly saying you're over the hill. I'm telling you to get back in the game. How about you run for Senate? I saw you at a party with Chuck Schumer the other night. I was thinking maybe you should have his seat, Pete. That sounds good, you know. <laughs> How about Jack King? <laughs> 
But actually, he said hello to me, and I thought maybe he's forgotten everything. He might be having cognitive problems. Chuck is saying hello to me. <laughs> anyway, seriously, um, I think that we, we, I, I'm comfortable with the idea of, first of all, identifying who's at higher risk. So we've seen consistently that it's a problem with older people or people with pro- chronic medical problems are more at risk of COVID. For anybody else, it's really pretty elective. You, you talk it over with your doctor. You know, the CDC is making a recommendation, yearly flu shot, yearly COVID shot, yearly new RSV shot, virus shot for older people. I mean, it's something for me to discuss with my patients. What are their feelings about it? It's not what my feeling is. It's what their feeling is and what their expectation is. So I'm, I'm specifically interested in those most at risk. And, and uh, also, what concerns would you have, if any? Well, you know, here's something that got completely misplayed. I have concerns about everything. If I give penicillin out, I have concerns about will somebody have a rash or anaphylaxis. Everything we do, every treatment I prescribe has side effects to it, and vaccines are, are, are among them. I think that vaccine technology has advanced. I was more worried when we gave uh, completely actual viruses to people the way the way it started you know yellow fever may be making a resurgence that vaccine has a lot of side effects so i'm more interested in the in getting protecting against the virus usually than i am about risk of the vaccine but i always will honestly go over what the risks of the vaccine are they're not zero and john casamitidis will tell you that uh doctor let me ask you this you know, one of the problems we have is resurgence of diseases that we haven't had in large scale in this country for many years. And yet we're allowing people to jump the border, come in, and they're not being checked. How do we get the public health considerations back into uh, this policy? Well, what you just did helps, which is why don't we put why don't we put the shoe on the right foot and, and honestly talk about the poorest borders where when when my grandparents were coming into the United States, they were checked for days at Ellis Island. I mean, and that was legal immigration. So we have illegal immigration. We have flooding of the borders. We pulled back Title 42, which, as far as I'm concerned, was doing great public health work for us with custom and border protection um Areas are overwhelmed, overflowing. The CBP agents, their health is at risk. The migrants' health is at risk. And local hospitals and communities are at risk. And then, of course, we ship them to other states, ship them up here, and and, and everybody complains. But with the, with the borders the way they are, that's a much bigger – you know, how can you talk about vaccine compliance, as you just said, when everyone coming in is not vaccinated or a lot? Uh, one last question uh, before we have to go. Uh, what were we going to ask? We were going to ask about air, air quality. quality. Yeah, Are we going to yeah. die from uh, breathing this I air? thought you were going to ask about cocaine in the White House. Well, <laughs> I'll ask you that too, but tell me about the air quality. Yeah, we want to ask about that Should too. Should I stop breathing? Well, the air quality today in New York is not good, but the reason, and it's over 90 degrees, but the reason for that is the fireworks, believe it or not. And I started seeing air quality going down in L.A. I said, what the heck happened? How did it get from Nova Scotia to L.A.? It turns out there are wildfires in the Northwest again, in California. So we're seeing that resurge. But the main problem in New York today and in the Great Lakes, well, the Great Lakes region also having a problem with air quality today. Some of that is the wildfires from Canada. Here, the problem is fireworks. Works. It will only last a day. Cocaine. And then John, could, John could be back out on the street. Co- cocaine. <laughs> what's the what, what, what's what's your what do you hear whispered about cocaine? Well, let's, 
But listen, I don't think – I don't know how cocaine got into the White House. I don't assume it was Hunter Biden. I think a lot of, of jokes were made. Maybe it was him. Who knows? But I'll tell you one thing. It's once again a frittered away opportunity to talk about a terrible drug that people binge, that when you binge, it increases anxiety and, and paranoia and panic attacks and raises your heart rate, puts you at risk for stroke and heart attack, and it also leads to other drug use. And the real question is – you know, why can't we talk about how that's on an upsurge now because of those ridiculous lockdowns during the pandemic? So there's a lot of drug use going on. How did it get into the White House is a different question. You know, there's everyone else on this on this uh, show besides me is a better expert on security. But I, I can't even believe it got into the White House. But, it, but but that just shows you, you know, all the fingers were pointed at the Trump White House, but didn't happen then. Yeah, exactly. What a crazy situation. Dr. Mark Siegel, thank you. We love you. Great to have Great you here on the show. You thank yeah. you. And we've been talking about Ben and Jerry's, John. Ben wow. and Jerry's. <laughs> Bert Flickinger is with us, a, a real consumer reporter and knows all, everything about the consumers. But should we give Manhattan Island back to the Indians? <laughs> John, it's 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 far far complicated to even even consider. But to your point, it 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 really really lacks common sense. And I subscribed to Michael Jordan when I was senior vice president of Interpublic. We we did the uh, campaign of Michael Jordan boxers or briefs for Haynes, and then people asked him. You know, why didn't he boycott Republicans? He said, well, Republicans are 49 percent and Democrats are 51 percent. And I want to sell my sneakers and licensed product to 100 percent of all consumers without any discrimination or or repercussions. And and I think Michael Jordan was a wise philosopher in that and appealing to everybody and, and, and not trying to rewrite history. Uh, but like you and Rita say so well, John, along with the judge and your team, is move forward with common sense, especially commercial common sense, and especially on the 4th of July. I mean, how dumb can these guys be? I mean, uh, what are they doing? I, I, I don't understand it, uh, Bert. Yeah, and, well, and John, well, just in case not everybody knows, the founders of Ben and Jerry's have told everybody that we should, on, on the 4th of July, we should give all the land back to the Indians. Yeah, they did a tweet. In fact, I'm reading the tweet here, John. This is verbatim. The United States was founded on stolen indigenous land. This 4th of July, let's commit to returning it. I mean, you I'm, know. I'm for giving back Vermont for a start. And yeah, that's where the factory is. That's where the, and they've made missteps. They were after, remember, they made kind of anti-Israel comments before Absolutely. in the past. I mean, what? how is this good for business, Bert Flickinger? Well, well in, in in looking at it, Rita, uh, full disclosure, my, my son was associate general counsel for Oneida Indian Nation uh, through the end of last year. And yes, they did have 500,000 acres, which was a good good part of America ta- taken by George Washington and his troops after 1776. Uh, but then the land was de minimis, and since then it's it's still unbalanced. But uh, the Native Americans have, have have gotten a lot of tribal and economic uh, rights, and uh, th- things are not back in perfect balance. But but they're in they're in better balance because the governors and the Department of Indian Affairs, led by Neil, Neil Leo Nolan, and 
Yeah, but but you know that uh, you know the thing is, Bert. I just Bert. I just want to buy ice cream. I just want to buy ice cream. I don't like exactly, like to me. Rita. It's like like I agree with you that there's noble you know intentions on the other end. But what do that? What does it have to do with you know with a cookie dough ice cream or you know and deciding what flavor? I don't want to look at like Colin Kaepernick's head on the top of an ice cream thing when I decide if I want orange or cherry. Even though Pete only likes Briar's vanilla, but that's a whole other story. Rita, on, on, on your notable com- commercial comment, what's really institutionally idiosyncratic here is Unilever, Unilever, a very conservative worldwide Dutch corporation that Christides and D'Agostino and Kroger de Costco all do business with. And if the Dutch knew that a division of Unilever, one of the smallest, was doing this, I, I, I think that the Dutch wouldn't let them do it the same way as John's reference before, AB InBev would be like Michael Jordan and appeal to 100% of consumers rather than highlight some niche uh, consumers, uh, but not all. And and there is, as John and you have outlined well, Rita, along with the judge, uh, that uh, there are commercial consequences that, that the owners, shareholders, and workers through their hours and overtime get cut when, when sales cut when when people switch to competitive brands and this is the case with ABM there's a, there's a war there's a war going on back to the people that wanted to join that woke culture Anheuser Busch are they recovering i understand two of their major manufacturers of of the product have closed down or what have you heard uh, on Anheuser Busch and you know the price of uh Disney stock is down to half uh and uh uh, with Disney, I understand their movies are not doing as great as uh, as they wanted to. Yeah, and, and J- J- John, what really hasn't been reported in this whole AB InBev scandal is the person who was the executive in charge of uh, ma- making uh, the AB InBev decision uh, went to a boarding school where, uh, from from what from what I've uh, gathered that the upper-class boys were sexually assaulting uh, the incoming boys at freshman orientation. And she should have been uh, doing something for all sexual survivors uh, rather than going too far to one extreme and be like Michael Jordan has has done so well for so long and and appeal to 100% of all people in the same way Martin Luther King did uh, and 50, 50 years uh, or so after the I Have a Dream speech. Yeah, 1,000%. Well, thank you so much, Bert Flickinger. Great having you here on such a, a feisty, important topic. Thank you very much. Thank you, Rita, John, and have, Judge. Have, and some, team. Thank have you. some hugging does tonight. <laughs> Actually, I just did. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. And coming up, everybody, big new developments in the Hunter Biden case. We're going to be talking with Kimberly Strassel about that from the Wall Street Journal and a lot more. Stay with us. Hi, it's Ernie Anastas. You know, your thoughts can affect how you feel and how you feel can impact your thoughts. Addressing your mind and body connection is the key to improving your overall wellness. Bergen Newbridge Medical Center is the largest hospital in New Jersey, providing comprehensive, equitable, compassionate, and high-quality emergency inpatient and outpatient medical care, plus mental health services and substance use disorder treatment. The Bergen Newbridge team can address your total health needs in one convenient location. Call 201-225-7130 for an appointment or newbridgehealth.org. It's a common sense recap of the big stories. It's Cats and Cosby on 77 WABC. 
And we are back. Lots of big developments in the Hunter Biden case. And let's go to Wall Street Journal editorial board member Kimberly Strassel. Kimberly, great to have you here on Cats and Cosby. First off, I got a lot, I have a lot of questions also on this federal judge decision today because that's a biggie too. Uh, but let's talk about the Hunter Biden. Where does it stand with this whole plea deal? Because I mean, Hunter Biden is everywhere. First, he goes to Camp David with his father. It looks like two weekends in a row. Then he's on the portico last night during the July 4th. Of course, they're investigating who left cocaine. I mean, it's a mess. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. It's a total delight to be here. Um, Here's where we stand. Uh, You know, a couple weeks ago, we find out about this Hunter deal. That has all now been cast into doubt. The way that deal came about, the handling of the entire investigation because of these two IRS whistleblowers, one whose name we know, Gary Shapley, the other who's remained anonymous. But they have leveled very serious charges backed up with real evidence that they provided of emails and documents from the investigation that this was mishandled, that there were preferences given to uh, and special perks given to Hunter Biden. And moreover, the most serious charge is that the prosecutor in this case, U.S. Attorney David Weiss, they claim was blocked, or at least he said he was blocked last year from pursuing these cases in jurisdictions where he could have brought felony charges because Biden appointees said no. Now, he has until tomorrow, right, to hand over some documents to Jim Jordan's committee. It doesn't seem like he's going to meet that. He's already said he's not going to, which I think is really going to tee the DOJ up for some problems with this House Republican caucus because they're tired of messing around here. This entire thing has looked like an attempt to to hide the ball, to not be clear and concise about what was. We don't even know, by the way, what all was investigated. The IRS. Uh, individuals involved here were looking at his taxes, but we know that David Weiss was charged with looking at far wider remit in terms of Hunter claims of corruption, etc. What has happened to all that? That's a mystery. And everybody, we are talking to Wall Street Journal editorial board member, great writer there, Kimberly Strassel. Judge Weinberg, you got a question for her. Kim, I would not, as a, as a sitting judge, when I was on the bench, I would not take this plea deal. The U.S. District Court judge does not have to take this plea deal. There are a lot of unanswered questions that you've talked about and you've written about. And I think the right thing for him to do is to step back and see how the investigation goes by the House Republicans. What say you? Yeah, I mean, look, this is going to be put to the test at the end of July when she has the opportunity to review this. And I would certainly think that everything that has been put on the record. I mean, one question is how that gets in front of this particular judge to make sure this judge is aware of of just the level of shenanigans that have been brought to light by this IRS team. Um, You know, one thing I have been told you would know more about this in the law than I do is that one pity here is that some of the charges that these IRS investigators recommended be brought against Hunter Biden over his tax forms in 2014 and 2015, the statute has now expired on those. Which raises questions about how the U.S. Attorney's Office was slow walking this. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So I don't know if we ever get justice for that, but there should certainly be a bigger look at those uh, tax years and other affairs of Hunter that still do exist before anyone just signs off on this deal. Absolutely. By the way, uh, before we let you go, Kim Strassel, I got to ask you about the big this was wild. Um, basically, that the Biden administration likely violated 
First Amendment rights on political speech, blocking, by the way, stories about the Hunter Biden laptop and other stuff. Talk about how just how damning this is. I mean, they use the phrase the judge used basically acted like an Orwellian ministry of truth. I mean, that's blistering. Yeah. And by the way, as a, a First Amendment devotee, which I am, I am so thrilled to see this opinion. Because it finally puts up in the judiciary this question that we really need to be looking at, which is when uh, government actors are instructing private sector uh, individuals to do their censorship for them. That does not fall under the rubric of of free speech or public safety. Uh, There's an element of coercion there, given the enormous power that government holds. And government cannot ask, uh, cannot get away with doing things that it's barred from doing itself by passing that on to other people. So this is a serious, serious point, something that really needs to be evaluated. And the limits and contours of that kind of involvement needs to be discussed. Yes, we all want the FBI to to make sure that, uh, you know, we don't have folks online that are, are using information to make bombs or engage in terrorist activities. Okay. But the examples that were cited by this judge go well beyond that into questions of protected speech. And it's it's past time for people to be looking at. this. Yes. Issue. Canceling uh, social media accounts, all that stuff. By the way, before we let you go, Kim, the other big thing, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez saying that impeachment should be on the table for the Supreme Court because she's not happy with the decisions. I mean, that is so over the top. Well, this is in keeping with what we have seen from the progressive left for the last few years. And I certainly hope conservatives understand in this coming presidential election that this is one of the things that's at stake in terms of Senate control and presidential control, because if Senate Democrats get enough votes to cancel that Senate filibuster, they will pack the court or change it in some way, shape or form. Yeah, no very doubt about dangerous, it. Very dangerous to our country. Yeah. Uh, Kimberly Strassel, thank you. You are terrific. you got to come back on again thank soon. You. We're all big fans of yours. Thank, thank you so thank much. You. Thank you. Thank you. Wow, what a day. I mean, between all this stuff. And what a great show. Yeah, it certainly yeah. was. I can't believe they want to they, they impeach the Supreme Court. I just. can't. And I can't believe Pete likes Briar's vanilla of all ice cream. Yeah, of all things. Of I've all never, things. I've never been so insulted in my Me life. Me too. We're sitting in <laughs> studio with a guy like that. If you're going to die, you might as well die with having does. <laughs> With tro- at least well, put chocolate you. syrup on it. Judge, get me some kosher ice cream, will yeah. you? Oh, <laughs> no, no such thing. Well, what do we all stand for? Truth, Truth justice, justice, and the American right. way. God bless America. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.